You're listening to Direction for Life broadcast with Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey. For more information, visit rightdirection.info. We hope you enjoy today's broadcast. Hebrews 7, 9, I'm reading the New Living Translation. It says this, in addition, we might even say that these Levites, the Levites was a priestly tribe of the tribe of Levi to whom they were to give the tithes. So we might even say that these Levites, the one who collected the tithe or received the tithe, look at this also, they paid a tithe to Melchizedek when the ancestor paid a tithe to him. You didn't catch this, I gotta move on. But he's saying the reason why the Levites had a right to receive the tithe is because their progenitor, Abraham, had given the tithe. In other words, they are now receiving because of Abraham's giving. The generosity of one generation will produce dividends in in the next generations, in the succeeding generations. Don't just dry up, don't dry up stuff for yourself, but you dry it up for you, you're going to dry it up for your descendants, for your children's children. I want my children to be blessed. I want my grandchildren to be blessed. Glory to God. I I hope they come out with something that they can write out the check four years in advance and lock it in at the first year price and my children can write out their checks for their grandchildren. Are y'all hearing me? And then get the refund if they sign and go. My point is, I want them to go even beyond where I took them. And y'all, now, I've mentioned the tithe. Let me take some time and talk about this. For the Christian, I believe generosity starts with the tithe. Now, watch the scriptures. Watch the scriptures. For those who say tithe is just under the law, that is not completely accurate. That is not completely true. That's partially true. It was under the law, but it wasn't only under the law. So if someone says tithing was just under law, that's absolutely untrue. For those who say tithing was under the law, that's partially true because it wasn't just, just start start with the law. Now, okay, I didn't, I, I didn't plan this scripture, but let me pull it up and, and look at it, okay? The Bible says that the law started with Moses, okay? Let me see here. And the law, okay, because God gave the law to Moses. Do y'all believe me? Okay. It's all throughout the New Testament. The law started with Moses. The law started with Moses. So if you see something before Moses, then it wasn't merely under the law. Genesis 28, long before when Moses was in Jacob's and Isaac's loins. Genesis 28, 20 through 22. It said, then Jacob made a vow. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going, just Genesis 28, uh, somebody put it in the chat for me, okay? Genesis 28, 20 through 22, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I've set as a pillar, shall be God's house. This will represent God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Jacob makes this vow to God. He said, God, you're going to keep me? Watch over me, protect me? You didn't ask for it, God. You're not making me do it. But I want to make this agreement with you. 
I'm going to give you the tenth. I'm going to give you the tithe. That verse from the, uh, then when we come over to Genesis 14, I use that one first because I'm going to connect something in the New Testament with Genesis 14. When we come to Genesis 14, we see that, Ab that um, Abraham, Genesis 14, 18 through 20, Abraham also tied before the law without commandment, without a threat, without a threat of being cursed, and for that matter, without even a, a promise of being blessed. He did it because he loved God and he was appreciative. Genesis 14, 18 through 20, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. King of Salem. Melchizedek, king of Salem, represents king of Jerusalem, represents, represents Jesus, the king forever. He was a priest of the most high God, of God most high. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And what did Abraham do? And he gave him a tithe of all. Melchizedek didn't demand the tithe. He didn't threaten for the tithe. Abraham wasn't scared of being cursed. He just got finished a battle. And he saw how God took care of him. And now as a result of this battle, oh my God, I'm getting happy here. As a result of this battle, he got more coming out of this battle than he had going into this battle. As a result of this battle, he didn't lose anything, but God added to his life. And he said, God, because I've been through this battle and you've added to my life, you spared me, you kept me and prospered me even through the battle, I'm going to voluntarily give you the tithe of all. That should be our motive for tithing. God, you take me through the battles of life. You provide for me. You keep me like, like, like you did for Jacob. Now look at this. Now come over to Hebrews 7, 4 through 10, giving us more insight about Abraham tithing to Melchizedek before the law. Hebrews 7, 4 through 10. It said, now consider how great this man was. And remember, he is writing to Jews, to Hebrews, Nobody in their mind, the traditional Hebrews, they would finish our song and said, nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than Abraham. That's how they, they thought of Abraham. They thought of nobody greater than Abraham. But the writer of Hebrews wants them to know, no, it had to be somebody greater than Abraham. Now consider how great this man, this Melchizedek was, to whom even patriarch Abraham, as great as he was, found somebody to show up to. And he gave him a tenth of the spoils. And indeed those who are the sons of Levi, the descendants of the, of the priests who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes. He's writing the New Testament era. To receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him. He had the promise. He told me Melchizedek. He's saying Melchizedek represented Jesus. Now look at this. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed of the better. Remember, he, he, had, he had the tithe in something bigger, greater than himself. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed than the better by the better. Verse 8. Here, he's speaking present tense. Here, mortal men receive the tithe, but there he receives them, of whom is witness that he lived. He said, you may give your tithe through a man 
through an organization, through the church, but Jesus receives the tithe. He's talking about Jesus still receiving the tithe. I want y'all to look at that verse. Jesus can't still be receiving the tithe if we're not supposed to be still be giving the tithe. He receives. He didn't say received, past tense. Jesus, the great high priest, is still receiving the tithe. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm not tithing to man. Now, if I abuse the tithe, if somebody else abuses the tithe, they got to give an account unto God to that. But Jesus has received the tithe because I did it not as unto man, but as unto God. Are y'all with me here? He and mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. Jesus is still receiving the tithe of whom is witness that he lived. Watch this. Uh, Melchizedek is not living in the natural. Abraham is not living in that. Who's the one who's living forever? Jesus lives forever. And Jesus still receives the tithe. Am I in the book or not? Are y'all reading this with me here? Somebody put in the chat, Jesus is still receiving the tithe. He receives them, of whom is witness that he lives. Now look at verse 9. Even Levi, who received tithe, paid tithe to Abraham, so to speak. That's what I want you to see. The descendants is blessed. The descendant is blessed because the progenitors started tithing. Even Levi received tithes, paid tithes to Abraham, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. What I want you to see here is when you make up your mind to be to start, I'm going to, I'm saying start, to start with the tithe. When you start with the tithe, you not only are blessed, you set your children up to be blessed. But let's go further. Let's go further because we're in a new testament now. It's a new day now. Okay. Miss Sophia home now. It's a new day. We are a new covenant under better promises. We're under grace. So we're in the new testament. So let's let's keep talking then because generosity, new testament given, it should exceed the tithe. You want to give as a new testament believer under grace. It should naturally exceed the tithe. Well, where are you getting that from? So we got to take the limits off the 10% when we really start talking about New Testament giving. New Testament, first of all, catch this, does not mean there are no laws. Let that settle in. The New Testament doesn't mean there are no laws. I'm going to show you that in the scripture. Well, we don't have any laws now because we're under grace. We don't have any laws and there's nothing we have to do or not do because we are under grace. None of that stuff matters. You err not knowing the scriptures, which is why I'm so glad you're here at Noon Bible Study where I'm giving you line upon line, precept upon precept, not some private interpretation and private revelation. New Testament does not mean there are no laws. It means the laws are no longer merely on tablets or paper, but the laws are in our heart. So the laws that God gave to Abraham, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not cover your neighbor's ass, thou shalt not cover your neighbor's this, thou shalt love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your heart, all your strength, thou shalt have another gods before me. All of that that he gave them on tablets of stone that was kept in the Ark of the Covenant, God said, I haven't done away with that. I don't want you to have to read it anymore. I want to come from within. 
Look at Jeremiah 31, 31 through 33. He said, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, look at this. Look at the new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, look at this. Not according to that which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. He said, not going to be like I did with Moses. My covenant, which they broke. Though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But look at this. Look at this. Look what God says. He's going to how he's going to do the new covenant. Verse 33. This is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law, the ones that used to be on tablets of stone. I will put my law where? In their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. It's not that the law has been done away with. Now it's internal. Do y'all really, do y'all see this? I'll put my law in their minds and in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be my God. They will be my people. I'll take my law. Where, where is it? I'm going to put it in their heart, minds and in their hearts. I don't do it because it's external pressure. I do it now because it's inward motivation. Now it's not that I have to, it's that I want to. So the New Testament giving is not I have to. New Testament giving, I want to. Just like it originally was when Abraham tithed. Just like it originally was when Jacob tithed. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Not because it's external pressure, but it's inward motivation. Are y'all with me? So New Testament giving should go... First of all, be motivated from the heart. It's motivated from the heart. Not because of fear, not because of obligation, but I love the Lord and I want to do it. Now, now let's go a little bit deeper. Are y'all with me here? <clears throat> let's, let's go a little bit deeper. Look at Luke, the 11th chapter, verse 42. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he commends. You see, you're, that's good that you're tithing. But it needs to go beyond that. Look at this. Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe. First of all, let's see that. You tithe mint and rue and all matter of herbs and whatever you get, you tithe from it. But you're passing over or you're forgetting justice and the love of God. The love of God here, I believe, is referred to two things. One, demonstrating the love of God and doing what you do out of love. You're doing this out of obligation. You're doing this to be seen by people. And none of this is motivated by love. New Testament giving is motivated by love. And all these men of herbs, you pass by justice and the love of God. Look at this. He said, and these ought ye to have done. Now, he didn't, he didn't say, stop tithing. He said, you ought to have done this. But while you're doing it, don't leave the other things undone. He said, there's more to this than just tithing to the penny. Don't leave the other things undone. Justice and mercy and the love of God. Demonstrate the love of God and be motivated by the love of God. Let's keep going. So, so we see the Pharisees tithe, right? 
they were just obeying the law, tithing. But now Jesus tells his disciples, go to Matthew 5 and verse 20. Jesus tells his disciples, now you know the Pharisees tithe, right? They do all this other stuff. But look what Jesus says in Matthew 5 and 20. But I, for I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. He said they took care of the floor. They even tied. That's the floor. And they did this and that. He said, but then he tells them how to. He said, go in your secret closet. And then he even says, when you, it's not just about your giving. Because he said, if you come to give your gift at the altar, but realize you got some beef going on. You got some beef going on with your brother. He said, forget about the offering and go and get that right. Which makes me think of my, my grandson, Righteous, gave us a joke at breakfast yesterday. Y'all ready for the joke? He said, if two, if two vegans are having, are having an argument, if two, if two vegans or vegetarians are having an argument, is it still called a beef? Is it still beef? Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right. Again, if I have to explain the joke to you, it ain't funny anymore. Okay. Jesus said, our righteousness have to exceed that of the Pharisees. We need to be taking this to another level. You want, you want, you want to do New Testament giving? We got to go beyond just tithing. We got to go beyond just a penny. We got to go beyond just do it because I'm obligated to do it. The scripture tells us, 2 Corinthians 9, chapter Brown, verse 8 through 10, don't do it out of necessity because you're scared to not do it. God loves a cheerful giver. And when you demonstrate generosity with the right heart, your children are going to be blessed after you. Now, let's, let's, look, let's look a little bit deeper at this New Testament giving. Go to Acts 4. Acts 4. Look how they gave in the New Testament. We're going to go to Acts 4, 30, verse 32, and then drop down to 34 and 30, 35. Now, the multitude, it's the New Testament church, of those who believed were of one heart, one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things that he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. They had all things together. They weren't selfish. Now, drop down to verse 30, 34. Nor was there any one among them who lacked. Why? For all who were possessors of lands and houses sold them and brought back the proceeds of the things that were sold. They didn't just give 10% of what was sold. They brought back the full proceeds. So if you got a problem talking about uh, uh, that's Old Testament giving, well, uh, come on. We welcome all you New Testament givers. All you're going to sell the house and give us all the proceeds. Amen. We sold our house uh, last year and we got a pretty chunk. I gave my tithe and I gave a significant offering. Whoop. Well, above and beyond. Sorry about that, y'all. Even to our new sanctuary project. But I have to honestly tell y'all, I didn't give all the proceeds. We didn't give all the proceeds. But if you want to do New Testament giving, if you got a problem with the tithe, then go ahead and give all the proceeds of everything you sell. Give the whole check. <laughs> they sold, they were who were possessors of lands and how they sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and they laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as they had need. So New Testament giving, it goes beyond because I have to. And it goes beyond because I'm obligated to. It comes to the point that I don't have to, but I want to. 
I'm, I'm not threatened to do it. I want to do it. Remember, his law now is, is not external tablets. His law now is not uh, is not is, is not just in a book. His law now is in my mind and in my heart. Look at it again. Look at 2 Corinthians 8 chapter. Look at this New Testament given. 2 Corinthians 8 chapter, starting in verse, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, he said, we want, we, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. I believe when our hearts are right, listen to me, y'all, there's a grace that can come upon us individually as well as corporately that'll cause us to give far beyond than it looks like we're able to give. We're able to do more than we ever thought we were able to do. Moreover, brother, we want you to know of the grace of God that God put on the church of Macedonia. Look at this. For in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty are bound into the riches of their liberality. Someone asked a question recently, if a person is struggling, should they give? If a person is struggling, should they tithe? You've got to answer that question for yourself. It's how much you believe God. Do you believe God's bigger than your struggle? Glory to God. Do you believe you could sow your way out like, like Marsh and I did? That's what these, that's what the church of Macedonia did, even in great trial of affliction, the abundance, what they had internally, the abundance of joy, and despite their deep poverty, are bounded into the riches of their liberality. They gave beyond their circumstances. They didn't let their, ex their situation change their expectation. And Paul goes on to say, verse three, for I bear record, I'm a witness, y'all, that according to their ability, yes, they gave, but even beyond their ability, God graced them to be able to give more than look like they should have been able to give considering their circumstances, considering their need, considering their bills. How many of us are living witness that God can put a grace on you to be able to give beyond what you thought your ability to give was? Verse three, I bear record that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were free willing. They were freely willing, imploring us, begging us with much urging. Paul said, I knew their situation. I didn't even want to take it. Begging us with much urging that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. This New Testament given, now watch this, this is, this is beyond tithes. This is beyond what even looked like Paul said was reasonable for him to even expect them to do. But God moved on them to give. I've seen people give and we've done it. Marsha and I have done it. And people, people, people done it. Somebody recently came up and put a seed in my hand. I know their situation. I know what they believe in God. But they said, I'm believing God for something. The Lord told me to give this. And so you got to obey God and get beyond the legalism of what I have to do and let God motivate you from internally and let your righteousness exceed that of the Pharisees. And their, their giving started with the tithe. Keep going here, 2 Corinthians 8, chapter and verse 12. I want us to be willing. He said, for if there first, if there is a first, excuse me, for if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Years ago, I used to be watching TBN, y'all, and a, a particular woman come to mind 
who our first person I heard say this, he said, you need to get a thousand dollars right now. Put on a credit card if you have to. Put on a credit. If you have to, put on a credit card. I said, that ain't consistent with the scripture. If if I have to put my offering on a credit card, and I'm not saying God, if God tells you to do that, that's a rainbow word from the Lord. But that ain't something I recommend. Unless the Lord tells you to do that because of something he got planned for you. But that's not a policy that I would try to encourage. Because the Bible says it's accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. So if you've got to put it on the credit card, that means you don't have it. So when people put their tithes on the credit, that means you you just spunk the tithe. <laughs> it's accepted according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Amen. So let's go back now understanding that your generosity, starting with the tithe and exceeding the tithe, going beyond the righteousness of the Pharisee, because they tithe. He said, take it to another level. What's going to happen? Let's go back to the promise. Psalm 37, 25 through 26. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken. I never seen it. Hey, I never seen it. That's what that song is based upon. Y'all know that, right? Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. I have not seen the generous, righteous, forsaken, nor his seed. Why? Because my generosity will bless my children and my grandchildren, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth. The righteous person who's merciful to others and gives and blesses other people, his seed is blessed. That's the promise of God. The New Testament, the New Living Translation of that verse from Psalm 37, 26 says this, the godly always give generous loans to others and their children are a blessing. The godly always give generous loans to others and their children are a blessing. That verse from the Amplified says, all day long, they are merciful and deal graciously. They lend and their offspring are blessed. Somebody put in the chat, my offspring will be blessed. Hallelujah. They lend and their offspring are blessed. Let me give you one more as I end this today about passing on, creating a legacy of faith. Pass on integrity. Do right because it's right. Don't let your children see you cutting corners and, and, and not doing what's right and, and beat, trying to beat the system. Stay connected with us online and in person. Stream our services live on YouTube, Facebook, or on rdci.info via the Watch Live tab on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. Wednesdays, stream our Bible study at 12 noon and 7 p.m. On Fridays, Women's Bible Study airs at 12 p.m. If you're in our local area, join us for services in Columbia, South Carolina at 3506 Bart River Road. If you're in Orangeburg, Florence, or Fort Mill areas, join us for live services there. To find out more about individual campus service times and locations, visit our website at rdci.info.